Welcome to Disco Coolia Headlines Weekly, a podcast where we share news, information, resources, tips and tricks about Disco Coolia. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and then search for Disco Coolia Headlines. You can also find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and then click on the podcast page. Supporting pupils with Disco Coolia and math difficulties, developing problem-solving strategies in math, spacing math problems and what it can do for your student, then a meta-analysis on the effects of technology functions and roles on the students' mathematics achievement in K-12 classrooms, and play games, learn math. This is our podcast for week 42, uh, 43 even, in uh, 2022. And we are here with Dr. Schroeder, the founder of Disco Kulia Services, to help us look at these links this week. Welcome, Dr. Schroeder. Well, I'm... I love to be back here. Yeah, absolutely. And we need your help because some of these things, especially the meta-analysis, they're complicated orders and mm. we like to get some backgrounds. The uh, Now, the first one is about uh, supporting pupils with dyscalculia and math troubles. That's kind of what we do every day, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Indeed. So this post is uh, from Twinkle, uh, who reports about a webinar where uh, teacher's assistants were explained how to support students in class. And it's made by the Yorkshire uh, Teacher Assistant Network, where Natalie Kerslake did a free webinar about dyscalculia. Okay. Good awareness. Fantastic. So here uh, they did a great job by explaining uh, what dyscalculia is and how it may look in children. So they can recognize in the class. Exactly. They talk about number sense and how important dot patterns are for subitizing. They even go into the difference of perceptual conceptual subitizing. So it's very good. So through it all, they tell teachers and teacher assistants how to help the children. And of course, with lots of links to the wonderful portfolio of products <laughs> that Twinkle uh, offers. <laughs> sounds, sounds like a sales funnel. <laughs> right, right. So it's a bit of a Edu Marshall, so to say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but we enough emphasis on the educational part that deserves the support from the commercial aspect. Okay, okay, good, good stuff. Yeah, they deserve it. Now the next link uh, asked, uh, it's about the developing problem-solving strategies in math and how do we do that? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Here is uh, some evidence from one of our favorite sites, the What Works Clearinghouse of the Institute of Education Sciences, and they tell us that through providing regular opportunities for uh, pupils or students to examine multiple different strategies for solving problems, they can become more confident. So show them that it can be done in different ways, basically. And if they are more confident, they usually get a little bit more efficient and flexible in selecting what is the best approach for a specific problem, right? And this shifts the focus away from zooming in on the answer that should be right or wrong, right? right. But now it goes a little bit towards deeper understanding of the different approaches that is, are available. And uh, when you tackle an unfamiliar problem that you you may choose from different ways. Right. Now, the Education Endowment Foundation in the UK worked with 10 schools 
and they have developed various methods that are effective. Now, and it can be as simple as the teacher just thinking aloud how he or she would solve it, and then discussing the problems with the children. And after that, very important, after the successful completion of the problem, do a debrief on what actually worked best and why. So you can also compare multiple worked out examples. So you have one question and you give the children, you show them three different ways. And uh, obviously you give those names huh, as if there are three different uh, students did that. And they can look at the difference between methods. And then, what is a favorite of mine, spot the error activities. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, and, and this is really important, as almost half of the students never reflect on how they did the problem. So, they have an answer, they're done with it, that's right? Answer, yep. End of the story. And they also do not think about if it could have been done differently, maybe. Right. So it all underlines what we often say, that it's not about drilling one method, but it's about teaching the student the concepts and making sure they, they can choose from various methods in real life and recognize what method can be used in a certain situation. Right. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. That's a good approach. The... Next link is about spacing math and what it can do for your students. Is that about having less problems on a, on a page? Uh, well, kind of. Um, this comes from uh, ResearchGate, an article written by Doc Rohrer. And he's at the University of South Florida. And this is what he says. Let me, let me quote. Sets or groups of mathematic problems are generally arranged in one of two ways. With blocked practice, all problems are drawn from the lesson that they just heard, the preceding lesson. With mixed review, students see a mixture of problems from different lessons. Mixed review has two features that distinguish it from blocked practice. The practice problems on the same topic are distributed or spaced across many practice sets and problems on different topics are intermixed with each practice set. Now a review of the relevant uh, data of this uh, research, of this experiment, shows that each feature is positive, can help and, and boost subsequent performance and often pretty strong, although for different reasons. Now, spacing provides a review that improves long-term retention, and mixing improves students' ability to uh, select, to pair a problem with the appropriate concept or procedure that fits with that problem, instead of just uh, using what they did at the previous question, right? So, although mixed review is more demanding than blocked practice, because students cannot assume that every problem is based on, on the lesson that they just learned, the uh, benefit of mixed review suggests that this 
easily adopted strategy is underused. So we often okay. see, and most of the, the textbooks, they uh, show a new topic, and then you have a whole uh, yeah, chapter uh, or sub-chapter based on that. Finished, next topic, all the questions go about that thing, and probably the same approach of um, calculation. And then here and there, there is a little bit of um, mixed review. So I would really try to balance that a little bit better. So in summary, the spacing is not about the problems on the page, how, okay. it, how, you, how you print <laughs> it. Although I have to say, uh, less problems on a page makes it less intimidating for students and they have more room to write because I often see those uh, worksheets with very little space to write their answer and then it's all kind of Scribbles. Uh, scribbled uh, all over each other. Anyway, um, that's a little sidestep. Sorry for that. Now, basically, um, if you have various problems, it avoids that students learn the method with the first problem and then as a kind of cookie cutter approach, repeat the same method mindlessly to complete a full problem set. That is right. not what we need. Right. That's good because in real life also problems are not the same every day. You know, right. you get challenges, different challenges every day. Right. Now, the next uh, link is about the effects of technology's functions and roles on the student mathematics. Yeah. And this that, is about that, that meta-analysis that they uh -huh, done. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. This is an article from the Journal of Computer Assistant Learning. And they present this uh, big analysis uh, by the Department of Teaching and Learning from the University of Miami. And they investigated the technology's function and roles and the impact that it has on uh, how students learn math. Now, it included 77 research studies. So it's really a lot of yeah. data uh, compiled here and uh, their study deserves to be read by all our listeners but the highlights were that technology works best when it's used to design how students can learn and cooperate with each other or with support for mathematical problem solving or explanations but less effective when it's used for monitoring or assessment without follow-up on the results. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, definitely, yeah, definitely, definitely. So it's a good study and confirms what I really believe to be true, that students are best helped when we not just rate them on a series of, of right or wrong answers, but measure their growth in a more interactive session. Oh. By the way, like, like we have in our uh, math assessment of reasoning and strategies, the, the MARS, uh, that's available for free. Uh, if you want to um, try it out, go to mathstrategy.org. Wonderful. Well, that brings us to our last link for the week. It's short and sweet. It says, play games, learn math. What more do we need to say? Absolutely. We know that games are the new worksheets. And this links to, uh, to an article by the National Association for the Education of Young Children. 
Um, and they go into an explanation of why the games are important to learn. But they also give three games as examples with tips on what to look for and how these games can help students. So in addition to that, they spend a good paragraph on how to get families involved. And I even suggest uh, that teachers send uh, board games home oh. or use translated board game versions when needed, because not everybody right. is uh, speaking English, right? So great article that many teachers and parents will be able to use. And the important thing is it brings the fun back into math. Okay. Well, very good. Thank you very much, Dr. Schroeder, as always, for your insights and your help with these uh, links. Dr. Schroeder, the founder of Discoculia Services, you can follow her on Twitter uh, as long as it still exists. And Facebook, she has uh, boards on Pinterest and Flipboard. She runs her webinars every weeknight. So you can follow those at webinars.discoculiatrainingcenter.com. And if you feel so inclined, please become a Discoculia specialist yourself. And for that, go to her online training at discoculiatutortraining.org. Discoculia Headlines Weekly is a production from discoculiaheadlines.com. You can find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and we are on Twitter at discoculiahead. You can also find us on Facebook. We have a board on Pinterest and on Flipboard. Search for Discoculia Headlines or follow the links on our webpage. You can send your questions, comments and contributions to communications at discoculiaheadlines.com and we may even discuss it in one of our upcoming podcasts. We hope this was useful for you and until next week, you can count on us.